Blog Talk Radio. You are now checked into Let's Talk Books Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk Books Radio, a show dedicated to black lesbian literature every other Tuesday, hosted by S. Andrea Allen of BLF Press and Lauren Sherrell of Resolute Publishing. Today we are talking with the amazing Claudia Moss. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. So, Claudia, I've been doing a little research on you, and uh, one of the things <laughs> I've been stalking you on the Internet. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really, really cool was that you were um, in attendance at the Lambda Literary Writers Retreat this summer. Uh, so could you tell us a little bit about your experiences there? Oh, wow, thank you for that. I, I didn't even think you would ask that. I love it. I needed that experience as a creative soul, and it came at the opportune time where I was just living my life, writing, and, you know, getting that thing we do day to day. And then I just felt like deep in my spirit that I wanted something more, something a little bit off the beaten path. And then Mm -hmm. a friend called with news of Lambda's retreat. And I Mm -hmm. said instantly, that's it. That's what I need. And Mm -hmm. you can't just go. I had to buy for it. And that was good. I like the competition process. So Mm -hmm. with a vigor that was just surreal, I dived into completing that application process. I called them to make sure I had everything just so dotted my I's and crossed my T's. (laughs) And before I knew it, Spirit was saying, get on this plane against all Mm -hmm. odds and Mm -hmm. go. And and I Mm -hmm. loved everything single moment every single soul i crossed i was like yes how you doing i'm claudia boss i'm in the house i love it <laughs> and, and oh, i, I just love your energy it's going, awesome are you are you an orator <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't shut up i would say a renewed um vivacity to finish um, projects that I already had on the drawing board came out mm-hmm. of it. So right. I, I had to uh, come back with a knowing that, Claudia, no matter what goes on, no matter what extenuating circumstances come up, finish your work. Write. Mm-hmm. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Edit. Uh, let me ask you this. Now, I've I've been following Lambda Literary for a while now, and I've noticed that over the past probably five years they've had more uh, focus more, or well, I won't even say focus, but um, kind of highlight it a little bit more in terms of um, women of color writers or queer color writers. Uh, and I know in the past I, that was something I kind of looked for uh, in terms of the work. So, have you noticed an uptake in uh, the field itself in terms of LGBT literature? You know, really giving more attention to you know, women of color writers or, um, you know, queer of color writers or lesbian of color writers? Um, I would say kind of um, a yes and no. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, in that some do make it to the forefront and Mm -hmm. are praised and heralded as, Mm -hmm. you know, outstanding queer women. For example, Sapphire. Sapphire and the writing of her recent book, uh, The Kid, 
coming off the mm. spin from push. Well, the kid right. is wonderful, and I think it's heading towards the same prominence that uh, push received. But I don't think enough of us are in that spotlight, and there's room for all of us. So I think we mm-hmm. need to just keep doing what we do and, and praising one another to mm-hmm. uh, higher heights, which is mm-hmm. similar to what we're doing now, uh, mm-hmm. so that when we do come into the New York Times bestseller list and some of these other platforms, we'll be ready. Okay. We'll be now, I have a quick our own outward. Right. Now, you brought up Sapphire, but didn't she say recently or a, a few years back that, that she didn't claim a lesbian identity anymore? Um, oh, I'm, I'm asking. Wow. Okay, now I, <laughs> I have not seen. Now I don't, I don't know her, so I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, uh, I just, okay, I just remember reading that. Okay, then I'll answer like this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm not um, come across that in in um, the media, but uh-huh. everything I've ever known of her uh, mm-hmm. has been from the queer standpoint, from the, okay. the um, lesbian standpoint, mm-hmm. or, or you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping, Stephanie, that she might have done it kind of like uh, Raven Simone did recently mm, in the news mm, when mm. she said, I'm not African-American, I'm American. But that, I, don't, she, I don't think she meant it to say, I'm not black, um, but I am an American. I don't know anything about Africa other than the history uh, that has been taught. I have maybe, you know. I, mm. I haven't been to live in Africa, that type, type thing, but I'm an American, mm-hmm. and why can't we all just be Americans? Maybe it's something, a sapphire, if that is true, she's saying, mm. well, I'm queer, or I'm queer, and I don't want to claim just lesbian. I, okay. I don't know. But to me, for all practical purposes, perceiving her like I've mm-hmm. perceived her, um, she's a queer woman, she's a lesbian woman, I could, I could be wrong, but I just um, liked her her page on Facebook, okay. and um, I I don't know, looking at her pictures, if you can go by Wilson's day, I mean, she's going to get us in trouble. Right. <laughs> okay, sorry, that's why I love you, girl. Beautiful. I love her smile. <laughs> You know what, Lord? I'm gonna let you ask your question, but I'm gonna come back to that that Raven Simone comment. We're gonna have to come back to that. We're gonna talk about that for okay. a minute. We're gonna go on, but we we might have to come back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Claudia, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that you know you going to the Lambda Conference Writing Conference was able to give you that push you needed to finish projects and not you know let your writing sit on the wayside. Because I know that when you wrote If You Love Me, Comedy, it took you 10 years to complete that project, and uh, we don't want any self-lapses anymore. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. You know, my soul Mm -hmm. needs to hear that as a reminder often. Mm -hmm. Right. That's true. We we can't rest on our laurels. We can't. Absolutely. So let's um, talk about your second novel, If You Love Me Come, which um, I just completed reading. And I'm telling you, it was very enjoyable. Um, oh, from, just you. from me experiencing it, of course I write, but just me experiencing it from a writer and reader standpoint, I feel like it was nicely layered. The pieces of the puzzle just fit so well together. You hit it the course in the nature and connection. And I absolutely, well, let me say this first. It was spiritual and erotic, and I feel like it can be hard to pull that off. <laughs> 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 and 
And you know, I absolutely, absolutely love the character Miss Too Sweet because one thing as a reader that I pull from is finding what's missing in my life. And I've never had a grandmother figure in my life. So Miss Too Sweet, you know, it, it allows me to have um, a vicarious experience. So speaking mm-hmm. of Miss Too Sweet, one thing in your writing were those fictive relationships. And so I just wanted to ask you personally and share with us, um, is that something that you grew up with, those fictive relationships that we that we were able to read between Miss Too Sweet and Pinky? Yes, indeed. I, I, I just want to say thank you for that question because I'm not ever, ever in an interview, and I've had many, um, been questioned that was framed with the erotic and the spiritual merged. <laughs> and that is exactly what I was aiming for in that one, mm-hmm. that it could be done because right. I am all of that. We all are. I can say that I had a grandmother, a grandma Moss, my father's mother, who was my prototype more or less for Miss Too Sweet mm-hmm. because everybody right. loved her. All of my friends could talk to her. I could talk to her about anything, and she was the type of matriarch who would love you back to standing if you had fallen, who would love you higher than high if you needed something for um, self-confidence. There was no subject that was off-limits. That's just how she was, and Mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for that. And she has always been with me um, in my relationship, and even after she passed, uh, her memory buoys me on. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yes. You know, one other thing that really stood out to me in If You Love Me Come was social class. And it really mm-hmm. wasn't addressed mm-hmm. throughout the story. Uh, we got a little bit of it with um, Free and JT, the relationship between Free and JT, and him yes. wanting her to basically stay out the hood. Yes. Um, but, you know, in our communities, and sometimes I talk to people about this, how we, um, how sometimes I feel separated from other black women in particular because of social class. But um, it wasn't a barrier. These characters did not allow it to be a barrier. Um, and so, you know, that's something I really enjoyed, for oh, sure. thank you. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that's another prime question. <laughs> wow. Um, social, social class is important to me because Hmm. I want people to let the um, demarcation and barriers that social class can render, let that fall. Let it fall Hmm. away and realize that we've got different experiences. We're coming from different, you know, economic uh, standpoints, but still we can be friends. You can know Hmm. me. You can, we can cross this divide that might be the, ghetto or the suburbs and mm. and find that we're more alike as Maya Angelou said and we're not mm-hmm. and we're different mm-hmm. uh, so yes that is definitely one thing I, I wanted to portray in that novel and and I could I can say that in my experience I've gone from one social class to another if we're speaking of economics and so mm-hmm. I know uh, having walked through certain paths that we can look down on one another based on class, but we don't have mm-hmm. to do that. 
if we come mm-hmm. from that humanistic, loving standpoint. And in, in thinking about that, it kind of reminded me a couple of weeks ago when Stephanie brought up, I know this term hurts you, respectability, <laughs> respectability politics. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel yeah. like, you know, in just in reading the book, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't blatant, but it was, you know, it was undercurrent. But um, I just love how they overcame that, that free didn't allow it to be a barrier to her experience in life um, mm-hmm. and completing, you know, completing a part of her journey. I'm going to... um. I'm going to pick up that that line about class because, and I'm going to talk a little bit about your other book. I'm going to talk about uh, wanting to be one that speaks her mind, and oh. so now this, so now we're gonna we're gonna talk about that for a minute because you you brought up you brought up class, Lonnie. I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot for this one because you did. Oh, it. Um, okay, great. That wasn't the question I was going to ask, but I'm gonna ask it now. <laughs> now. But now you you mentioned in the introduction to the to the book, you know, to the collection of stories that you know the inspiration for the character is just as simple. The every man character created by Langston Hughes, and I've read that too, so I I really do get the way that those are connected and in, in, in the inspiration for yeah. that. Um, and so now, two questions. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one was, um, you know, why did you choose this particular character and style to emulate, and um, one of the things, you know, your first story that you talk about a little bit is, you know, about the blue-collar husband, the blue-collar man. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think it's interesting that we, you know, we're focusing on class issues in, in, in your other novel. But I think that it seems to me that Wanda has this idea that white-collar folks, you know, are not the right kind of folks, you know. And so she, she, you know, she doesn't quite say it like that. <laughs> but her, but she is definitely, you know, uh you know, venerating the blue collar worker, and you know, and, and yes. as much as I get where she's going with that, I, I do think that, you know, we don't have to snub the white collar sisters and brothers either, you know. So exactly. because that that seems yes. to kind of go against the whole idea of you know talking across class barriers. If we're going to say, well, you know what, get your blue collar man because a white collar man going to end up in jail because he's stealing these folks' money, you know, <laughs> which is what Wanda said, right? <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> Because I loved, loved 
love Langston Hughes. I, he mm-hmm. has always been one of my literary giants. So mm-hmm. I thought about Jesse B. Simple, and I had just taught that before going to the conference. I remember mm-hmm. it clearly, and I thought, gee, Jesse B. Simple always wanted to be simple, make himself understood, and he was from the quote-unquote lower classes, and right. always talked about these different things. I said, what about if I took a black woman and put her in the same class and named mm-hmm. her Wanda B. Wonders because she'd be wondering about all of this stuff, just <laughs> like Jessie. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm going to have her humorous and knowledgeable about two things and white in America from the mm-hmm. black standpoint. And that is how Wanda B was born. But she starts off talking about blue collar husbands because in right. her mind a blue collar husband is going to do everything she wants him to do, including love her the way she wants to be loved. But mm-hmm. class is a part of her upbringing because that's where mm-hmm. she's coming from, that blue collar mm-hmm. class herself. Mm-hmm. So she's going to look out at the world with those tinted glasses that would say white anything might Mm -hmm. need to be questioned, in in Mm -hmm. particular if Mm -hmm. his collar is white, because white Mm -hmm. collar might, might uh, tell me to get a job myself, or might not put me on this pedestal, (laughs) and might not treat me the way I want to be treated. But but Mm -hmm. I have her like that because I wanted her to be true to her particular class of where she okay. was. Because see, I wanted to, I wanted to take her with the same stroke of the brush that Langston painted. Simple, because simple was mm-hmm. that dude sitting at the bar in that Harlem bar, laughing and talking with Mister Boyd, who was an academic. And he would mm-hmm. talk about, oh, mm-hmm. Simple, don't say it like that. But what about this? And Simple would be like, uh-uh, she did this and she said that. And we would be outside of a bomb shelter if they bombed America. They'd be like, you black, you better stay out there. All the white people can come in here. And, and I wanted that t- same type of framework for Wanda. So that's why she's skewed. She's very much skewed towards the black mm-hmm. side of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then well, I, I can but, I, but even mm-hmm. I still wanted her to be able to reach out across classes, though, to for people mm-hmm. to say, hey, she's kind of funny, you know, and then who she is. Well, let me see what she said. Let me really think about the exchange here on what mm-hmm. she's saying. Well, I have to say, as a white-color person, I was a little bothered by that. <laughs> Not in <laughs> no, any, no, I, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm being silly. And, I, and I'm and I'm being silly, but no doubt I, I totally got it, and I really got the um, the reference to the blue collar or the working man, because that's that's the every man person, that's the every man trope and character, right? That that kind of stands in for everybody, because you know white collar is definitely still something that we a lot of people aspire to. We're not we're not all there, um, but in terms of just thinking about you know uh, you know reaching other readers, you know she definitely has a a, a slant to her that's definitely focused on a certain kind of man and a certain kind of way of life. And nobody's knocking Miss Wanda for what she's doing now because she, she seems to have it going on for herself regardless, you know, of what kind of man she has. And Willie loves her regardless, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? but, I, but I do think that she's, she's a really interesting character. And I was um, 
I wasn't quite sure what to make of it when I first started reading. I said, you know, this is because you know it's hard to put yourself up against Langston Hughes, you know. But I think she really has some some qualities about her that um that I could definitely see people kind of connecting with, especially you know learning about the internet and going into the chat room. And that was really such a throwback for me when when you when I was reading that about Black Planet and Black Voices. I'm like, oh, she took us there with that, you know, uh, with Miss Wanda trying to figure out how to get in the internet. So I thought that was uh, a really interesting way. Of, of thinking about writing about thank those you. issues through her eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. I, thank you. I tried to I tried to pan the my contemporary world and put mm-hmm. that world in Wanda's mouth from from mm-hmm. Obama being the first black president, from Walt right. Disney finally getting um, a, a black princess, even though she stayed right. a frog for half the right. Right, <laughs> and look, had to be doing some, uh, you know, witchcraft. You know, why can't she just be a regular yeah. girl? You know, yeah. <laughs> so. I tried. You know, Octo Octomom. I put on her case with all the babies. Right, that she right. Had. And Wanda was like, "Can you imagine a black woman having all these babies, and everybody wants to get up and take care of them?" What? Right, <laughs> right. Well, Wadi, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because um, I definitely want to talk to you about self-publishing versus being published by a traditional publisher. And, of course, you know everybody's kind of like, oh, I want a traditional publisher because it's kind of like this rite of passage. I've kind of made it. But um, you have self-published in the past. If you love me, come on, self-published, correct? That is correct. Um, mm -hmm. You've been putting in a lot of work, and I know you're very active, and you've been, in, in my eyes, I feel like you've been doing very well being an, in, being an indie author and creating the connection between you and your readers and keeping yourself out there. So do you think this is um, an avenue that you like to keep going? In all honesty, I am so glad I had the experience first to come out mm-hmm. on the publishing runway as an mm-hmm. indie author. However, to continue on, I would love to stand under a traditional umbrella for publishing and allow a publisher to bring continue bringing my new work out and have me to focus on writing and speaking and reading and that end mm. and wear just those hats. It is mm-hmm. so much to do it yourself, and mm-hmm. um, I just, I just want that experience. I, it, 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 is, it was, it took so much. I'm so glad I did it, though. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I stopped waiting to be published and took that into my own hands. Uh, but I want to try something new for mm-hmm. any new work that I bring out. Um, so I will be looking mm-hmm. for. Uh, an opportunity to be traditionally published, small, oh, medium, large house, whatever that is, that's fine. If the terms are great for me, I'm going with it. Right, right. But, you know, I, I definitely understand that because it can get to a point where you feel like, and I'm not speaking for you, but I'm just saying where any other can feel like I've paid my dues, you know. Mm-hmm. And so... You feel like it's time for somebody, like you said earlier, you know, Stephanie asking about um, our standing pretty much in this literary arena. Um, Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, it's time to, yeah, 
I am worthy of having the backing of somebody who backs other people who do just as well as me or don't write in my genre. So I definitely understand that. And I wish you definitely the best of luck with that because, like you said, it is a lot of work. It's encouraging. You learn so much, but it is a lot of work. Yes, it is. It really is. And our time is our greatest commodity here. And what we do with it is important. So yeah, we have, we have to make some different choices with how we spend our time. And I know that's important, and a constant reflection, self-reflection should be put on that. How well am I using my time to bring my talents to the world, my gifts Mm -hmm. to the world? Can somebody Mm -hmm. else help me bring them, Mm -hmm. just like we help other people along this journey? Someone else has to step up and help us, and we have to ask. We have to seek those platforms, Mm -hmm. those stages. Well, I definitely think you're on the right track because I know that Lambda Literary, you know, retreat is a huge deal. You know, uh, I thought about applying myself, but I just don't have time. And I know I I will one day. But I think that that is one of the biggest stages right now for this kind of work because I think that that's just where they give the accolades, you know. So there's no doubt you can be successful in in any publishing arena, but based on, you know, who you are and the kind of work that you're doing, you know, um, that would be a wonderful thing to to be able to pick up or be picked up by somebody through your experiences there. And I hope that that's what ends up happening for you too, because I'm oh, looking forward so to seeing much. you um, out in, out out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have reached almost the end of our little road, and. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us tonight, Claudia. Um, I, I really have enjoyed. You just have just the most wonderful energy, uh, you know, that I, I have heard in a long time. So, you know, you could have just talked the whole time. We could just listen. <laughs> we didn't have to ask you any questions. At least I did, you know. So I really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us. I know that you're busy uh, and that you have lots to do. Uh, and so we really do appreciate you talking to us tonight about your work. I just wanted to, to, to give you a chance to just shout your stuff out, you know, where can uh, our listeners find your work? Oh, thank you. Uh, your listeners can find me on Amazon.com and okay. on Create Space. Yes, on Amazon. Uh, all of my, my poetry is there, uh, my novels, even my first novel is there on Amazon, okay. uh, Dolly, the memoirs okay. of a high school graduate. So um, all of all of it is right there. You can find me on on my blog on claudiamoss.wordpress.com. You can find okay. me on my lesbian blog <laughs> where I talk about lesbian topics so on that blog, and that's in Sapphic Sunshine. Oh gosh, you can find me on Twitter as the Lady Siren. Okay. Uh, yes, and hmm, Claudia Moss on Instagram. You can find me on Claudia Moss on AboutMe.com. And okay. you can find me on YouTube because that's an adventure okay. I'm going to be taking off on soon. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank right. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate both of you. 
Well, it has been a pleasure chatting with you tonight, and we wish our guests and our listeners a wonderful week. Don't forget to talk back through social media, spread the word, tell everybody you know about Let's Talk Book Radio, and join the conversation with our next guest. Uh, Tuesday after next, we'll be talking to Nick Nicholson, who is a Lambda Literary Award winner. So thank you very much, Ms. Moss. We will talk to you soon.